Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Larry Kudlow. It is great to be with you. we got to do some stock market work. By the way, join us during the week. Fox Business Network, FBN, 4 to 5 p.m. every day, Monday through Friday. The name of the show is Kudlow. And by the way, you can live stream us here on the Internet all across the country and around the world and throughout the solar system. That's LarryCudlowShow.com. A lot of takers around the solar system. In fact, some of the things we're covering today reminds me of the solar system. Anyway, we're going to do some stock market work. We've got Nancy Tengler, CEO and Chief Investment Officer of Lafford Tengler Investments. And we've got Jack Perusian, Chairman of the Global Smart Commodity Group. So, kids, very interesting, big week. Dow's up uh, 4%, 1300 Forty-five. Nasdaq up eight percent. Wow, eight hundred and forty-eight points. A lot of that came on Thursday. I think it was Thursday. Was it Thursday? I think it was Thursday. I think that's because they figured out the GOP was going to take over the House for sure. Not everyone agrees with that point of view, but also we got a little lighter CPI number. So let's dig right in on this, Nancy Tangler. What's going on here? And by the way, one more point. We were just talking before the break about the cryptocurrency breakdown. What a great story. But it did not affect the banking system at all, which is a sign of strength for our our whole situation, our whole story. So anyway, cryptos, um, Bitcoin went down 21%. But we're still alive. We are solvent, as uh, my pal Jimmy Rogers used to say. What do you think, Nancy Tengler? <laughs> well, I... Uh, that was a great segment, by the way, uh, and a great show. And hello to Jack. Um, so I, I think a couple of things, Larry. This has been an extraordinarily volatile year. We've had 88% of the days um, where the S&P 500 has traded um, volatility, has traded up above 1% in either direction. And so it's hard to draw conclusions in the near term. I think the market began sniffing out um, divided government uh, earlier uh in October, I mean, in toward the end of October, mm. and then I think what we're seeing now is the CPI number. Yep, it was it wasn't as bad as it was expected. We still have a big battle on our hands, and there are a lot of anomalies in that number. One of which was healthcare. Uh, we were actually it has a ten month lag, so we were measuring healthcare uh, in 2021 in the recent numbers that was pent up demand from 2020. So you know, once you back all this out, you say, okay, well, we did hit peak inflation in uh in june at 9.1 or two percent that's our view and that has always been a good time to buy stocks uh usually after that they're up somewhere over 18 percent in the next 12 months so you have to be very careful and nimble at how you go in there um we do need to see you know i have the dubious honor in living in arizona and nevada where they can't get count votes in either state ah, so ah, we, ah, we need ah, to see I <laughs> we need to see yeah, it's, it's just shameful, but we need to see, you know, that finalized. 
Laxalt's um, lead has been uh, marginalized to like one-tenth of one percent with 95 percent of the votes coming in. So we just have to see where, what the balance of power is finally and ultimately going to reflect. But I do think the market is sensitive to that, um, and m- many people don't agree with that. But in the near term, last thing I'll say, it's it's the algos driving sh- – they own short-term volatility, and that provides opportunities for, for folks like us who can go in and buy stocks at um, – or sell them at inflated or uh, reduced prices. But, Nancy, let me just follow up. So you have places in Nevada and Arizona. Um, why can't they vote? I mean, I'm sorry. Why can't they count the votes? Is it because yeah. they can't count, or is it because there are other <laughs> issues? I mean, you know, this woman who's running for governor, and that's still a tough race uh, against Carrie, um, Carrie, who's a what's he, but... Oh, Katie Dobbs. So she's the secretary of state. So she's in charge of the election, even though she's running for governor, which I think is a bad thing to begin with. But what is it? They they don't know how to count. They don't know arithmetic uh, or they don't work hard or what is it? Because it's holding up the whole country. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of all of those things, huh. um, plus the fact that in Arizona, you they do not count mail-in ballots until the day of the election. That's an actual state law. Hmm. So you have, you know, I mean, look at look at the labor problems we have in the rest of the economy. This is not necessarily the tip top of the labor force. You know, these are people who have time on their hands and gratefully are willing to donate it. But I, I think you have to step back and say, if this happens every election, which it has for a number of elections, um, either there's something very wrong with the process and, you know, the this, this county supervisors have been embarrassingly incompetent and they, they oversaw, you know, oversee this or um, there there's corruption mm. of, of some sort. Uh, and and I just think we have to say that out loud yeah. and be willing to fix it. In Nevada, I, I just this is my first time voting here. I, I don't know. Um, but my experience in Arizona has been choppy at best. Mm. Uh both many of the times I voted. Jack Perusian, let me ask you something different. The M2 money supply has crashed, okay? About, I don't know, 15, 18 months ago, it was growing close to 30% year on year. Now it's, I don't know, zero or even negative. Now my monitorist friends, and I have a little monitorist blood in me, but I'm not quite as confident as they are, but nonetheless... Some people, like Steve Hankey and others, are saying that's a big thing, and it is going to bring down inflation with a year's lag or so, but it's also going to bring down the entire economy. You can't go from plus 30 to zero and not have bad impacts. What do you think of that article, about that argument? We're already seeing it, Larry. Uh, we're seeing it with consumer sentiment. We're seeing it with, with what's happening in the housing market. Uh, you, you're seeing it in, in all the little ancillary markets around stocks and bonds. So, you know, we're experiencing it. Look at the commodity markets. Uh, you know, everybody talks about commodity inflation. Well, I was with you a year ago on your show talking about the, the backwardation that we were seeing in these markets. And mm. sure enough, we're looking at that now. So all of a sudden, these input costs for these producers are a lot less. There's a lot less money circulating. Now, on the one hand, that's good because there was way too much out there. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, and you know, the, the problem is that there's going to be a lot of suffering. And that's one of the reasons why you, know, you see this rally. And, and you've got to say to yourself, as somebody who's been around these markets for a while, that this was a classic bear market rally. I mean, if you look in the dictionary of trading, it says bear market rallies are fast 
and vicious. And if you're short, they tear your heart out. Hmm. And that's exactly what this week was. And, you know, when I talk to younger traders, they turn to me and they tell me, oh, the Fed's going to pivot. That's one of the reasons they're buying stocks. And I think <laughs> to myself, you're buying stocks in your portfolio because you think that the Cassandra, the soothsayer of doom, who just came out and told you that he's going to continue to raise rates, is going to pivot. See, that to me is ridiculous. That to me tells me that people have become conditioned to a Federal Reserve that comes out there to their rescue and just floods the system with cash whenever they need it. And that's the problem that we have with this last rally and, and the problem that I'm having with the market over the course of these last few months. Until we have a Federal Reserve that says to us, job is done. We already see it. One number does not do that. We need a couple of good CPI numbers for us to actually start to feel that effect hit the market. But the problem is what you just brought up. It might be too much at that point. Well, just saying, I mean, first of all, 7.7% inflation, I think, is still a high number. Now, the the so-called core inflation, which is kind of a bogus thing, but... Uh, that's at 6% for the last three months and 6.3% for the last 12 months. So that's three times the Fed's target of two. Food, just looking at that, Nancy, food is up 9.1 over the past three months at an annual rate, and food is up 10.9 for the 12 months. So I wouldn't exactly go screaming like a banshee that inflation is over and the Fed's going to pivot and they're going to stop tightening rates. I mean, I'm just saying I could be wrong. Oh, I mean, just doesn't totally seem to me. Like, yeah, I've tossed it out to both of you. I mean, what? Yeah. Really? The tightening is over? Um, this is nirvana because food prices um, are up nine. No, I just called 11 percent for the last 12 months. What a wonderful number. 11 percent. And that's not inflation. No, I, I totally agree. And, and Jack brings up an excellent point on traders that are younger and haven't been through this before. But at the margin, I think we will see a decrease. Although, you know, the Cleveland Fed is showing core CPI. Well, let's use PCE because that's what the Fed uses, um, rising from October to November. Right. 10 days. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's very choppy, but historically there's been a symmetrical relationship between inflation rising and inflation declining. And it took us 16 months. I think the data goes back to 1951. And it's not perfect. It's not a perfectly symmetrical relationship. But, but you, do, you do see a, a pretty strong case for, you know, counting the number of months that inflation has gone up. So we, it took us 16 months to get from zero to where we are now. And then, you know, we, we began to turn over. And so it, I don't think it's going to be easy. And I don't think the Fed's ever going to get, at least in the near term, Back to 2%. I think we're going to be at higher levels for much longer for many of the reasons mm-hmm. that we all know. But um, it doesn't mean that you can't, you can't find places to make money in stocks and bonds. And so that's what we've been doing is trying to root around. But, yeah, you're right. It's, it's going to be ugly for a long time. And declaring victory is a fool's errand. Yeah, I, I think. think so. All right. Let's take a quick break. we got Nancy Tangler from Laffer Tangler Investments, Jack Berusian, Global Smart Commodity Group. I'm Kudlow. I still want to know, does the money supply matter? I mean, I don't know. It just kind of looks ugly. Anyway, we'll be right back. We're going to talk some crypto, too, on the other side of the break. Now, back to the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We are here talking stocks with Nancy Tangler, 
Laffer Tangler Investments and Jack Perusian of the Global Smart Commodity Group. Kids, I don't want to obsess about this. I just want to know one more pass. Does it matter that M2 has collapsed from plus 30 to, I'm going to say, zero, even though I think it's minus? Does that matter? I mean, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. What do you think, Jack? I don't think it matters right now. I don't think you have worry about the system seizing or anything of that sort. But what you do have is the Fed that is now curtailing their balance sheet. You have headwinds for, for money supply. So, uh, again, I, I don't think we're feeling that stress yet. But if we start to see it, it would more than likely be in the credit markets. What do you think, Nancy? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think Jack's right on, on that aspect of it. I, I also think it does have a correlation to inflation. I mean, if you looked at 2020, it was up, money supply was up 25%. It was up 12%, I think, in 21. Mm-hmm. And now it's basically flat or negative. And so I think, you know, with the one-year lag, it, it will provide some um at least release on inflation. But, uh, you know, we got to watch it closely and we got to see how fast the Fed continues to QT. QT, quantitative tightening. Jack Bruggen, what would you like to see as a signal or indicator that the bear market is turning into a new bull market? What would you need to see? I need to see some of the prosperity killers that are out there, as Nancy knows very well that Dr. Art Laffer taught us about. You know, we've got inflation. We have got, uh, you know, regulation. We have got higher taxes. We've got everything that, in my mind, is a headwind until we start to see some of that dissipate. And we might have seen the beginning of it with this midterm election, which is one of the reasons that people started to feel a little better about taking risk in the markets. But until we start to see that change, then we're going to have problems with the market continually going higher. It's, it's become a psychological problem at this point, Larry. I think you know, people have become so accustomed to buying every dip that they have to understand that there are times the market needs to heal itself. And this is one of those times. So it might be a little longer and it might be a lot more painful than people expect. Nancy, what would you like to see? Yeah, I'd like to see what happens in the lame duck session. Um, You know, President Biden viewed this election as a mandate. uh, And so we'll, we'll see what they try to cram through. If, if they, if they, increase stimmy checks via the uh, child tax credit, which he wants to do, if the loan forgiveness goes through, then I think the inflation battle is going to take a lot longer. Um, I, I also think, you know, we need to see from, you know, the Fed's dot plot last September didn't show, uh, and it wasn't even a majority, didn't show rates rising above 1% until 2024. Huh. Um, I wrote a piece recently called the, the Savant Idiot at the Federal Reserve. Ah. This is a Joseph Epstein um, ah. point of phrase, but ah. it's someone who's, who's learned, brainy, brilliant uh, even, but gets everything important wrong. And I think, you know, because we know that that's what's happened, it's difficult to make um, – sense of the mixed messaging that's coming out. So we saw in the statement that the Fed gave a nod to the lag in monetary policy. Then he came out, you know, super hawkish. But now we're starting to see the other members come out and moderate and say, you know, maybe it's time to pause. Now, a pause doesn't mean a pivot for sure. Um, But I think letting the market digest some of this will also be very positive because earnings have, I mean, there've been many disappointments, but there've also been companies that have announced beats and raising guidance in 2023. Mm -hmm. So it's, you have to be very selective where you're focused. um, And you know, that that's what we'll be looking for is when the fed gets the message. You know, these fed guys, 
They just keep yapping out there. They think they're all bucking for cable talk show hosts or something. <laughs> you know, I mean, look, we can a, a good cable talk show host can you know be irresponsible, <laughs> but the Federal Reserve president's not supposed to be irresponsible. That's all I'm saying. You know, a lot of a lot of this can change, Larry, within the next couple of weeks if we see Congress flip. You know, and and it's and Nancy, it's a shame you're not in Illinois where, where we count real fast. In fact, we count five times <laughs> over. Uh, you know, so uh, it's uh, it's amazing. You know, they, they call the races here before they're even done. So that, that's that's the way we do them here. But but no, but we can see things change dramatically. Look, if we see a a Republican Congress, you've got a, a president that wants to leave a legacy of being able to work and leave some lasting legislation. He's not going to get anything done unless he works with that Republican Congress. So, so again, I think these next couple of weeks could be very telling. By the way, he has said, and it was corroborated, they didn't walk it back, that they want a permitting bill to uh, take the handcuffs off oil and gas production. He said that. This is like yeah. Joe Manchin 5.0 or whatever. I don't know if I believe a word of it, and I don't know what bill they're talking about. And so if they want to spend a lot of money, they're going to have a hard time doing it. But uh, it'll be a couple of weeks. I mean, a permitting bill would be you know, mildly bullish, it seems to me. I wouldn't discount that. But I can't. I'm always looking for a turning point. I mean, what are we missing, kids? You know what I mean? It's like we've been around all of us. What are we missing? And. That's why I come back to this M2 stuff, because I, I don't think you should rely on M2. But there's some weird thing going on here. Maybe it's because federal spending has temporarily slowed. And maybe federal spending is going to pick up again because of all these bills and the Green New Deals. And that's going to drive M2 up again. I don't know. But it just seems like something's going on to go from plus 30 to zero in a year. I don't know. I just think. Um, I don't want to obsess about it, but I guess I am obsessing about it. Well, but, but, Larry, remember, we've had the printing presses running at full tilt now for a long time. So, uh, you know, I, I think just to see that, I, I think, is, a, is surprising on, on surface. But when, when you take a step back and understand where we were, what we did, and what's happening, I think it's a little bit more digestible, especially for the economists out well, there that I've talked to. I don't know. I mean... Again, we're probably spending way too much time on it, but it could be predicting. If you it, Back in the 60s and 70s, the heyday of monetarism, if you saw that kind of move, Nancy Tangler, you would say two things. First, we're going into a very deep recession because nominal GDP will be crushed. And second, following that, we will end inflation. You would say that. Now, those models haven't worked that way in a long time, although briefly from the pandemic spending to the money supply, it has worked in the last two years. I'm just saying I'm somebody. Keep an eye on them, too. Ed Hyman's watching it. Steve Hankey's watching it. I don't know. It's just something. It's not irrelevant. Bullish or bearish? Bullish or bearish, Nancy? Come on. um, Bullish or bearish? Collectively. Selectively bullish yep. uh, and adding ladders, bond ladders to our portfolios for the first time in two years. Mm, bond ladders. So the 10-year, let's see, 381, that dropped 35 basis points last week. Yeah. That's some more insanity. Yeah. 381 down 35 basis points. All right, bond ladder. Um, Jack Brugian, you ready to buy Bitcoin back? <laughs> buy crypto? Yeah. 
If I buy Bitcoin at all, it'll be in a regulated exchange. It'll be a derivative of Bitcoin, <laughs> either over at the CME or, or I'll be doing Beto over at, uh, you know, on the New York Stock Exchange. But I wouldn't touch anything in an unregulated environment with these crypto. Who knows what you're getting? Who knows what they're doing with this money? There, there is no accountability. There's, we have to get our arms and hands around this. This mm-hmm. is a, a monster. It's a leviathan. And it's only going to get worse unless we do something about it. And people are going to get hurt. We've already seen destruction of wealth, especially with people that are under 35, you know, to, to, like I've never seen before. I, you know, maybe the dot-com bubble is probably the closest thing that I can come to it. But, but we need to, to get our arms around that. But if you're going back to the original question, the only way I would even touch any of those products is in a regulated environment in which they trade. Bitcoin is down 64% year to date. Yeah. That's very cool. But I'll tell you, one guy, he was worth $32 billion and now he's worth zero. That's not too good. Right. <laughs> Nancy Tangler, <laughs> Jack Perugia, that'll be my, fa- my last word, $32 billion to zero in, in just a week's time, I think. I'm Cudlow. We'll have money and politics on the other side of the break. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Cudlow Show. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 